It's Nancy Pelosi's birthday today, 80, 80 years old. Uh, I tend not to want to smash people on their birthday, but I'm going to make an exception because this bailout is not a bailout. This is a bank robbery of epic proportions in which the Republican Party and their weak, bought-off, corrupt opponents, the Democrats, who enable this Republican treachery by being complicit, are allowing the same scoundrels, the same scoundrels on Wall Street. And by the way, Wall Street doesn't only mean literally the street, Wall Street. Wall Street is also synonymous with the financial industry, corporate America, Boeing, you name it. You have a pandemic right now that, I mean, this is just astounding. Look at this. The United States is on pace to have the worst coronavirus outbreak of any country. You see? U.S. right there. We just keep going up. Keep going up there. We are on pace to have a worse outbreak and death count than where it started, China. Because we have not had a full lockdown, which a lot of you do not like me calling for, civil liberties, uh, big government, whatever, I've called for it. I still think it should happen because the proof is in the pudding. Just look at this. Comparing Santa Clara, California, which early on, emergency was declared, work from home, restrictions on public gatherings. It started going down the cases of coronavirus. Whereas Miami and the state of Florida waited and waited and waited Emergency declared, but no shelter in place. Going up and up and up, that purple line, down in Florida, Miami specifically. Finally, they set a shelter in place order a few days ago. So this is the difference between areas that have had lockdowns and areas that have not. It's, it's although a lot of things are not known about this coronavirus, what is known is sheltering in place as much cabin fever as we have. And we have it. Cabin fever is a lot better than dying. Cabin fever is a lot better than going to the emergency room and the ICU for days and days or weeks and weeks. So if you can stay home, because a lot of scoundrels are still trying to get their employees to come in. And in the midst of this, when the Republican Party offered a proposal that was egregious. $1,200 is not enough money for anybody. $1,200 as a one-time payment is not enough money. In New York City, that's not even going to cover full rent for most people, not to mention your other bills. In a lot of places, it might cover your rent, but what about your car payment? What about your groceries? What about your medication? What about miscellaneous? So we're supposed to 
thank you for $1,200 that's going to get taxed? By the way, the $1,200, you're not even getting it right away. You have, to have, you have to have a direct deposit. Your account has to be on already connected to the IRS from direct deposit for it to be deposited into your account imminently. It's going to take months for those that do not have direct deposit with the IRS. Let me ask you a question. You know many people in Detroit, in Milwaukee, in Flint, in poor communities that have direct deposit with the IRS? They're not even going to get this money in time for April 1st. There's no moratorium on rent. There's no moratorium in car payments. There's no moratorium on mortgages. There's no moratorium on electric utilities, student loans. $1,200. While on paper, they gave corporate America, i.e. Wall Street, Boeing, big corporations that have more than enough money. By the way, Amazon, Boeing, Wall Street banks, all of them that are getting not $500 billion. That's how it's being reported. It's $500 billion, but there's a clause that gives Steve Mnuchin, i.e. Donald Trump, i.e. Mitch McConnell, authority to basically take that $500 billion and allow the Fed to basically triple that 10 times. There are estimates that when it's all said and done, this $500 billion corporate bailout provision is going to exceed $4 trillion. And there are some that I trust that are saying this is going to go as high as $6 trillion. Not to you, to corporate America. There is a weak clause that will block CEOs and these shareholders from doing stock buybacks temporarily. There is a clause, we're supposed to feel good about this, that the inspector general is going to oversee this corporate slush fund and five lawmakers who are corrupt themselves. By the way, you know who was overseeing the 2008 bailout? The inspector general and, and a select few lawmakers. Oh, I can't wait, the Inspector General, to write the report that Wall Street took the money, bought themselves a couple more yachts, give them a slap on the wrist until the next crisis. There's no enforcement. And by the way, for the big corporations, there is no, no stringent requirements that they have to keep their, all of their workers. So they're getting all this money. They don't have to keep all their workers. The money to small business is laughable. And of course, who the government is classifying as small business is quite, quite selective. I'm going to let my progressive colleague, well, let me show you uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, window dressing on this egregious, egregious bill. And it's her birthday, but I don't care.
major corporations or companies or anyone, uh, the uh, direct condition is that, for example, with the airlines, that the money have a, the money that is given to the airlines is given to the workers directly, just a pass through. It goes directly to the workers and has some conditions on uh, for other money that goes to any of these uh, companies that they have no buybacks, no dividends, no bonuses, all of those kinds of concerns are so offensive that happened uh, before with federal funds infuse, infused into their uh, entities. So so we're very happy about all of that. One of the differences, as I said, we, their corporate downward bubble up from workers, I think was demonstrated last night. Can you believe that almost, I think it was every Republican, I think 40, 49 Republicans last night voted in the Senate to deprive those on unemployment insurance of the additional $600 a week. How could it be that in this time of stress and strain and uncertainty about health and lively, life and livelihood uh, that they would vote that way? But I think it does demonstrate the point that I made that not about workers first, but the bill got to be there. And I thank the Senate Democrats for using the leverage they have with the 60 votes. Uh, I take pride in what we had in our House bill that is in the Senate bill. Nancy Pelosi is, with a straight face, saying that the corporate bailout, which is not $500 billion, like I just explained, anywhere from 4.2 to $6 trillion, because these provisions allow for the $500 billion to be leveraged 10 times. And Nancy Pelosi, with a straight face, is saying that the money to Boeing Wall Street, corporate America is just a pass-through? Just a pass-through. There is strings attached that the employer, employers, the CEO at Boeing, are just passing it through. You know, what's another way of saying that? Is that trickle-down? It's going to trickle-down from the CEOs of Boeing and Amazon and Walmart It's just a pass-through. Obviously, that's total bullshit. But if it was just a pass-through, why are you having a corporate bailout in the first place? If, it, if these employers, as you say, are just holding the money to then distribute it to their employees, which is just insulting the American people's intelligence, why would you... Demand, not demand. No, no, we're not doing a corporate bailout at all. We're giving direct cash payments to the American people's, to the American people. Boeing's employees, Amazon's employees. Uh, name your pick. Even Exxon Mobil's employees. We will talk about big corporations later on. And we will hold up the bill. There won't be a bill unless the first bill is just about working people. Democratic Party controls the House of Representatives. They could stop this whole thing. I want to I wanna play a clip from uh, progressive media star Crystal Ball. I think she really, really put it well. 
Great. We'll have an inspector general who oversees the looting of the public purse. Terrific. The irony of the very people who impeached Donald Trump for supposedly being a unique threat to the nation now handing his administration $4 trillion in play money for corporate giveaways should be lost on no one. Not one of the bailout provisions that we've been pushing for here is fully included in this bill. Elizabeth Warren has been oddly silent on that part. CEOs, they can still take home millions. And after a short period, these companies can even resume stock buybacks. The government, we get no equity position. Workers get no board positions. Wages are not lifted. And outside of the airline industry, there are no under, they're under no obligation to even keep their workers. Contrast that, by the way, with small businesses, which must keep their workers as a condition of loan forgiveness. The decisions made now have massive implications. The stakes are so high, and that's why I'm so angry. We had a chance to actually rebalance the scales just a little bit in favor of small business, small towns, and individual workers. Instead, just like after 2008, the big guys will get even bigger and richer, and the little guys will go bankrupt or get bought up in a fire sale. Monopolistic power concentrations will continue to destroy small enterprise, gut our small towns and cities, and strip workers of any semblance of power since they've got no choice but to give their labor for poverty wages to one of our massive omnipresent corporate overlords. The bottom line is this. $1,200 and in unemployment insurance is not nearly enough to trade for a $4 trillion investment in massive corporate control over our country for years to come. Democrats, Republicans, anyone, I implore you, kill this bill. Forget about the corporate bailouts. Preach! Preach, crystal ball. So... What to do about this monstrosity? And, you know, I got into it this morning on Twitter with a few people because there's this growing chorus of people that, like, I understand, like, we we shouldn't put Bernie on a pedestal. Like, I'm a Bernie guy, but I'll criticize him where necessary. But people were criticizing him that he's not stopping this. And he's not speaking out against this. I think this goes along beyond this particular bill with Bernie's mistake all along. He has chosen to be diplomatic with Chuck Schumer, with Nancy Pelosi, not go scorched earth against them, and he's continuing that. If Bernie Sanders, I don't know, five to seven days ago, would have said, no, $1,200 is a non-starter, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Party, cannot negotiate based on this and we will not even discuss a corporate bailout at least he would have been putting the pressure on nancy pelosi and chuck schumer to not cave i think they still would have because to them corporate america is the most important thing to bail out but bernie should have verbally been leading not just against the Republican social Darwinism, but the Democrats playing along. Because if Bernie sets the table at the beginning, and by the way, Bernie could have called out Joe Biden saying, why is Joe Biden even entertaining a corporate bailout? All of these corporations that are getting these bailouts, I don't have the numbers, filthy profits in 2019. They can afford to lose a little bit of money. The most imminent emergency is not the CEO of Amazon 
or Boeing or Walmart. It's their employees. Even though this is a colossal sandwich, even though this is a, a, a massive blowjob, excuse my French, to corporate America. What do you suggest, Tr Michael Tracy or D David Dayton or, you know, these people who I actually like a lot of them and agree with them most of the time? Do you suggest that Bernie Sanders delay this bill for a week, two weeks, three weeks? Just because we need to burn down the house now and go to war? I agree we need to go to war. You, you, you want Bernie to be the one responsible for, for a potential soup line? I'm not being dramatic. There are people talking about this could be the next Great Depression. Trump is insane. He doesn't understand science. He doesn't understand health. This is not going to be over by Easter. And by the way, it just came out, Trump team, Trump's team just totally blew out, totally blew off a, a full document that was provided to them, step-by-step -step priorities for a pandemic like this. The Trump administration, state officials, and even individual hospital workers are now racing against each other to get the necessary masks, gloves, and other safety equipment to fight coronavirus, a scramble that hospitals and doctors say has come too late and left them at risk. But according to a previously unrevealed White House playbook, the government should have begun a federal-wide effort to procure that personal protective equipment at least two months ago. Quote, is there sufficient personal protective equipment for healthcare workers who are providing medical care? The playbook instructs its readers as one early decision that officials should address when facing a potential pandemic? If yes, what are the triggers to signal exhaustion of supplies? Are additional supplies available? If no, should the strategic national stockpile release PPA to states? In English, the reason you're seeing photos of nurses putting their lives on the line with garbage bags around them The reason that you're seeing nurses with garbage bags around them instead of protective gear is because Donald Trump and the morons around him blew off the, play, the, the written pandemic preparation toolbox that was spoon-fed to them. If Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were really on the side of workers, which they're not, to go in front of the press every single day and say, we will not negotiate with Mitch McConnell on a corporate bailout and any money to corporate America before we immediately get money to working people. We could talk about a corporate, corporate negotiations later. This first negotiation must be for working people, not CEOs, not shareholders. And you know what? The American people, including Republicans, would have been on their side. They didn't do that. Why is it that they didn't do that? Is it because they all have the same f***ing donors? At least Bernie Sanders did this. And now I find that some of my Republican colleagues are very distressed. They're very upset that somebody who's making 10, 12 bucks an hour might end up with a paycheck for four months more than they received last week. Oh my God, the universe is collapsing. Imagine that. Somebody who's making 12 bucks an hour, now like the rest of us, faces 
an unprecedented economic crisis with the 600 bucks on top of their normal, their regular unemployment check, might be making a few bucks more for four months. Oh, my word! Will the universe survive? How absurd and wrong is that? What kind of value system is that? Meanwhile, these very same folks had no problem a couple of years ago voting for a trillion dollars in tax breaks for billionaires and large profitable corporations. Not a problem. But when it comes to low-income workers in the midst of a terrible crisis, maybe some of them earning or having more money than they previously made. Oh, my word, we got to strip that out. Got to, got to tell those poor people that no matter what, by the way, when this bill, when the McConnell bill first came up, unbelievably, and I know many Republicans objected to this, they were saying that, well, we want to give a, whatever it was, a thousand or twelve hundred bucks, but poor people should get less. You see, because poor people are down here, they don't deserve, they don't eat, they don't pay rent, they don't go to the doctor, they're somehow inferior because they're poor, we're going to give them less. Well, that was addressed. Now everybody is going to get the $1,200. But some of my Republican friends still have not given up on the need to punish the poor and working people. You haven't raised the minimum wage in 10 years. Minimum wage should be at least 15 bucks an hour. You haven't done that. You've cut program after program after program, and now horror of horrors, for four months, workers might be earning a few bucks more than they otherwise went. Well, needless to say, this but but Bernie Sanders is the one people are criticizing. What? You know, some people were like, "Oh, Bernie didn't do that." By the way, what you just saw was Bernie stop them from reducing the amount of money workers were gonna get we're gonna get in unemployment because lindsey graham you know oh you give too much money to nurses and out of work people they're just gonna want to stay unemployed you know this republican nonsense oh everybody's lazy you give them more money they'll just stop looking for work there's no work idiot people are getting laid off The reason this is going through is because we don't have an opposition party to the Republicans. The Republicans are running roughshod because there's not a real opposition party. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer should have never even negotiated a corporate bailout fund. They should have put their marker down and fought. And guess what? In the height of a panic, in the height of a pandemic, when Democrats and Republicans are feeling the pain, I don't know many people that would have been like, damn you, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, I want that corporate bailout. You remember, you remember when uh, Joe Biden uh, was telling people the right to vote is the most sacred American right there is? State election officials are working closely with public health officials to hold safe elections. If you're feeling healthy, not showing symptoms, and not at risk of being exposed, get out there and vote. This was before the Florida primary, before the Illinois primary, before the Arizona primary. He was even going, he still had ads day before, the day of the primary. Get out there and vote.
continue Obama's legacy. CDC at the time was saying, it doesn't matter if you're feeling good, you can have the coronavirus and be asymptomatic. You can have the coronavirus and be asymptomatic. Neera Tanden was telling people, is the Sanders campaign telling people not to vote on Tuesday? I don't have the clip in front of me. Joe Biden's senior advisor went on CNN and said the CDC says it's safe. Governor of Ohio says it's safe. They essentially told people, go out and vote. We cannot risk our democracy. Elections are sacred. Go out and vote. Even though what they were saying was wrong. Even though the CDC was saying at the time, you can have coronavirus and not have symptoms. You can transmit it, and you might not know you have it and transmit it. Two Florida poll workers have tested positive since the last elections, and now its supervisor of elections is advising anyone who voted at their locations to get medical attention. I imagine we'll be hearing similar things out of Illinois soon. Let me repeat that. Two Florida poll workers who were there, working the polls, on election day, two Florida poll workers tested positive and now supervisor of elections advising people that should be staying home to go get medical attention because they might have been, they might have contracted it. They might not feel the symptoms yet. Joe Biden urged his voters to go out and vote. Tom Perez urged people to go out and vote. Oh, I'm not going to get involved, he said. Neera Tandon urged people to get out and vote. You know, Michael Tracy and these idiots on Twitter were like, what about Bernie? Bernie didn't tell his voters not to vote. Bernie Sanders literally put out a tweet. It is a personal, personal choice to go out and vote. He basically ended his get out the vote operation. His campaign was not sending get out the vote text messages. His campaign was not doing all the things you would do on election day to get out the vote. Mass text messages, mass emails, shuttling people to the polls if, if, if need be, canvassers on the ground. They literally said, this is a personal choice essentially shooting themselves in the foot, essentially saying, vote if you want to. I'm not saying that's why he lost that day. Michael Tracy, oh, but Bernie's campaign manager told people go out and vote during a live stream. First of all, to be fair, I didn't see that. I'll give Michael Tracy the benefit of the doubt that Bernie's campaign manager said, go out and vote and wash your hands. That was a dumb thing for him to say. Bernie's campaign manager is not Bernie Sanders. Bernie's campaign manager did not go on CNN and say, the CDC says it's safe, which they didn't. Bernie's campaign manager did not go on CNN and say, the Ohio governor says it's safe. No, he didn't. He postponed it, the elections, because it wasn't safe.
Bernie Sanders himself at the end of the debate with Joe Biden said, I have concerns. Now, you could argue he should have been bolder and said, no, I'm telling my voters not to go out and vote. Should he have said that? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's tough as a candidate to basically tell voters, don't go out and vote and just sink your campaign. But he essentially, by saying it's your choice, basically gave them permission not to vote. And I know Bernie Sanders' campaign advisors, like Brianna Greyjoy, who was basically saying, don't go out and vote. But, you know, people on Twitter that like to just be contrarian because that's their shtick, I'm just going to say the opposite because, like, it gives me retweets and patrons or whatever. Whatever. This false equivalency. Bernie Sanders did not tell people to go out and vote. If you could find that he did, please send it to me. I don't think it's dramatic. If these people die, if these people die, by the way, the Florida governor, Arizona governor, Illinois governor, it wasn't just the presidential primaries. They, they, they had congressional primaries, local elections. If these people die, and in Florida, odds are those poll workers are above the age of 50, whose fault is it? Of course, personal responsibility, they shouldn't have gone out, but they were told, social distancing, don't get too close to anyone, wash your hands, you should be okay. And who were they told that by? Joe Biden, Tom Perez, Florida's governor, Illinois' governor, who by the way, Illinois' governor, who just happened to endorse Joe Biden the day before, that primary, wonder if that had anything to do with that primary continuing. Illinois' governor, literally the National Guard came into Illinois the next day. So wait a minute, the situation wasn't such an emergency on Tuesday when you allowed the election to go on? When you allowed people to go jeopardize their health? It wasn't di dire enough on Tuesday you could still have the elections, but on Wednesday, it was such an emergency, the National Guard had to come. You know, as a governor, as a leader, you know what your number one priority is? Security, protecting your people. And Joe Biden, as president, what's the number one job of a president? protecting the people, security. Well, of course, the defense budget shouldn't be $750 billion, but theoretically, you, your number one job is to protect your people against foreign and domestic enemies. I was talking to people on polling day, uh, on election day, there wasn't hand sanitizer, people were cramped up in basements waiting to vote. Not enough poll workers, people waiting online with other people for hours. Tom Perez, if he would have come out and publicly said, we need to postpone this, he himself did not have the power. It's state by state, the, the Board of Elections, the governors. But if the head of the DNC said it, I think those ducks would have fell, fallen in line. But Tom Perez went on Chris Hayes' show and said, well, Chris, you know, I, I'm not going to second guess. I'm not going to second guess. 
the leaders in these states. I wonder if he would have second-guessed the leaders in those states. I wonder if he would have called for these to be postponed if the roles were reversed and Bernie Sanders was up by over 100 delegates at that point. I just wonder.